0: Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's Cup of Topic is how to find stuff in an actual hard copy of a Bible. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles. In fact, grab a copy of the Bible and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I am Pastor Amanda Zensalo and it is my honor to serve in Northeast Portland, Oregon at Central Lutheran Church.
1: And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so this somewhat stems from the fact that I have two kids who hate using dictionaries and thesauruses because they can't find anything given the age of Google and computers. I think for many people who've never actually picked up one, the Bible holds similar problems. As I'm wrestling papers <laughs> in the background, I do actually have one in hand. So that said... We're going to talk a little bit about how you actually find something and what things like John 3.16 actually mean. Because I know y'all have seen it, even if you don't know what it is.
0: So I think it's really fascinating. One of the stories that I can tell is on the first day of my first year of seminary. Right. So these are like people getting ready to be pastors. Uh-huh. Okay. First day of our first semester We all show up to our first class. It's an 8.30 a.m. class on the Old Testament. And we get there, and Dr. Victor Gold, who has been teaching for decades and is one of the commenters in the Oxford Annotated RSV, right? Like, incredible scholar. He's, he's sitting up in the front of the classroom and in his old curmudgeonly self. And we come in and I sit down in the back and I've got all the books like that we've been told to buy. All these commentaries and all these things and got all these books. And we sit down at our desks and we have these big eyes. He goes, open your Bibles to Genesis. And everybody looks around and no one's brought a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is that possible? Right? We all have brought like all the commentaries and the books they were supposed to, but no one's actually brought a physical Bible with them to the old testament class. Did he just
1: lay his head down on the desk and
0: call it a day? No, I think he had seen it so many times by then, right? I mean it's not
1: surprising. It was a test and it you was all a test. failed. We
0: failed miserably. And this was this was in the year two
1: thousand. This. Nobody had a phone that was their excuse. No,
0: no, there was no Bluetooth was not common use at that point. We just didn't have Bibles with us. So for those who feel some shame about the fact that they're not as familiar, like how do you find things in the Bible and Or who don't open up the Bible. And and now in our modern smartphone age, many pastors carry our Bibles in our smartphones, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's really common to just go to that resource instead of an actual physical book. Uh I just want to put that out there as a way to maybe alleviate some shame that even first-year seminarians going into a Bible class don't always take their Bibles with them. (laughs) Before. (laughs) Before the advent of the smartphone and iPads. So when it comes to pulling out a Bible, there's a couple of different things. We did a podcast a long time ago about translations Mm -hmm. of the Bible. So you can certainly check that out sometime last year. I think we also talked about publications. Yes. That there's a difference. There are lots of different publications of the Bible, but there are some things that are going to be standard no matter the publication.
1: And there also is a podcast on the canon, and that is what gets put into the Bible. We're specifically going to talk this time about how to find things in a Bible, not necessarily the content itself. Exactly.
0: So, the first thing to know is that depending upon your publication, you will have extra stuff in there. So, if you have bonus material, bonus material, right? So, if you have a study Bible, then there might be. Extra chapters in there giving you context of things, or there might be a section of maps in the back, or there are gonna be various incentives, like maybe there's a, a reading plan. Okay. Or multiple different reading plans listed out in the front. That will change by publication. Okay. But the things that will remain consistent no matter the publication are how the books are listed and chapters and verses. Okay. So when we talk about For example, the reference John Mm 3.16. What we're saying is the name of the book, which is John. Yes. Gospel of John. And then the next number is the chapter of the book. So chapter three. Chapter three. And then there's a colon. Mm -hmm. And then there's a number after that, which is 16. And that's the verse number. So when you look into your Bible, you'll open it up. And depending on the publication... You'll have either the name of the book up in the top header Mm -hmm. on the right or the left-hand side, and then it might have the chapter number up there as well. The chapter numbers are the big numbers that come before like a whole bunch of paragraphs, Uh and the verse numbers are the small superscript numbers that are at the beginning of most sentences. So it's not always just by sentence. Verses can be more than one sentence, but typically... Those tiny, small superscripts are at the beginning of each sentence.
1: And this is all, so when you're referencing specific things in the Bible, we're all literally on the same page, even if you're not on the same page, page number-wise. Exactly.
0: And when it comes to the page numbers in Bibles, it depends on the publication, right? Not only does it depend on large print or small print and how much commentary is on things, so what page number something would be on. Sure. But it also, sometimes they start the numbers over again when you get to the New Testament. Okay. So some Bibles will run, you know, page one through 1,566 or whatever it is. That's the Old Testament. And then you start the New Testament with Matthew and Matthew chapter one, verse one begins on page one.
1: Even though you're two-thirds of the way through your book. Because page numbers are really irrelevant when you're talking about things in the Bible. What you really want is the chapter and the verse. And the book. And the book. Book name, chapter, and verse. Yep.
0: What gets difficult then is learning where the books are located. So if I say, check out Philemon, and someone looks at me like, uh... Is it alphabetical? Right. It's not alphabetical. But there is a table of contents. There is a table of contents. So that's where we're going. It's not alphabetical. It's not uh, laid out in chronological fashion. Okay. It's in a way that is sometimes makes absolutely no sense. So eventually you learn it by rote.
1: There are songs out there that will help you learn the order.
0: Absolutely. And... Otherwise, the table of contents is your friend. So uh, a couple of podcasts ago, we were talking about favorite epistles and I mentioned Philemon. And I went in that publication of that Bible, I went to the table of contents because Philemon is a single page in the book. And so even if you're flipping through you're never gonna and find scanning it. just the top for the names, you could flip right on past Philemon and not even know because your page is stuck together. That's harder when you're looking for the book of Psalms. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a a larger section of your scripture. So you're probably going to flip into it at some point in time. But flipping into some of these tiny, small, little books can be really hard. So it's sometimes even easier, even if you're accustomed to working in the Bible and you know the order and all of that. Sometimes it's easier to just go to the table of contents, find out the page number of that particular publication, and then turn to that page. And don't be ashamed if you need to do
1: that. It's totally okay. Totally okay. Okay, in our notes for this particular podcast, you have the word concordance. I don't even know what that means. Help me out. It's something that is kind of a
0: pre-Google tool. Okay. And what it is is it's a big book. Many people will reference it to as, as Strong's Concordance. Okay. Because that's one of the big publishers. And what it does is it takes the words and it has referenced them out. So if you want to look up the word shepherd and And find find out out out, every
1: place it's used, you mm -hmm, can do that.
0: You can do that. That's crazy. In an actual publication, not just by Google, you could do it in an actual book wow and then it also has reference like it references the greek word and then tells you how where else that greek word has been used or it references the hebrew word and where else the hebrew word has been used and so you can do word studies on like how do these words relate to one another throughout the scriptures so before google and before bible software did all that stuff for you kind of like the same as a dictionary or a thesaurus or an encyclopedia, there's an actual book that you can use.
1: Now, I grew up pre-internet, and even I'm like, wow, that's a stunning amount of work that somebody went through to (laughs) compile all that information. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: And it's a useful tool. I still do word studies. I just do it all online now. Sure. I do all of that kind of stuff using online or software Work that pulls it up for you.
1: Yeah, but there's some of that that's still personal preference because for many people, the comfort is in that big volume that you've got your hands on. Absolutely. And I think for an older generation, especially to come into
0: a pastor's study, because they might have been called a pastor's study before they were called a pastor's office. Uh huh. Right. To come into a pastor's study and have those big volumes lying out is very reassuring that your pastor is doing that kind of work. And when your pastor just has an empty desk with a computer on it or a phone or a phone, (laughs) like, you know, I'm holding my smartphone in my hand and I'm doing this. It might feel a little less scholarly, even though the amount of information I have access to by my computer is phenomenal, so much more than I could ever afford to purchase for my library and now when I retire I'm not leaving 80 year old theological books for my predecessor to have to recycle. Mm-hmm. So it's really helpful. <laughs> can be very efficient. Not that I've had to recycle 80 year old theological books but I'm suggesting perhaps. Sure. <laughs> the other piece that you might run into is the names of the books being shortened. Oh, okay. So for example, if you're looking at something and it says MIC and then has a number, a colon and a number, that's referencing the book of Micah. Oh, okay. MIC is for Micah. And there are ways to shorten and and that are there's some standards, standards. for that. Mhm. There are standards for that and There's even, you know, if you are familiar with MLA or Turabian or the different kinds of citations, they have set, accepted, shortened abbreviations for scripture. Okay. And so once you've learned them,
1: they'll be pretty simple to understand. But even if you don't know them, I'm guessing by the time you have that written in front of you and you go looking to your table of contents, you're not going to mistake Leviticus for Micah.
0: Exactly. And it will... Pretty typically, th- in the front, you'll also have a key. Okay. Kind of like a map has a key or a legend to it. They'll usually have the key as to how it gets pretty typically shortened. Okay. Yep. So, like Genesis is G E N. Sure. And Exodus is E X. And that Leviticus is L E V. Right. Those shortenings become pretty consistent across the culture not just even by publication, but it's a pretty standard abbreviation across the culture.
1: Excellent. Okay, last question. Is John 3.16 the most popular verse, would you say?
0: I don't know. I think Psalm 23 also pops up there a lot. So if you see PS 23, which give us a sample of that one, because not everybody's going to know it by that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Yep.
1: It's a close, they're right there neck and neck, aren't they? They're
0: pretty close. It depends, I think, on somewhat of the culture as to what gets used a lot. John three sixteen we see a lot because of the football game stuff. Uh-huh. And the signs get held up in the end zone. and Dude what, in the rainbow wig. And what the verse is, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. That's what that verse is. And we can talk another time about proof texting and the danger of taking a single verse outside of context. Sure. But that's what's being referenced there. My, one of my favorite, and I told you this before, and this is a little like advanced level. When you see, for example, Leviticus three sixteen, and then a letter like B okay. after it, that means that there's more than one sentence. In that verse. Okay. And so A will be the first sentence and B will be the last sentence. I'm guessing sometimes that last sentence gets left off. Sometimes, or you just reference the whole verse. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it matters because, you know, in a reading, maybe the next section really begins in the middle of the verse and you don't want to start into the next section. So you want to end the reading at the A point. Okay, But I really love to reference Leviticus 3.16. B. Okay. Because out of context it's brilliant because it says all fat is the Lord's.
1: Well, there's a lovely little sentiment. <laughs> so, so
0: there you go everyone. Know that all fat is the Lord's, Leviticus
1: 3:16b. That is amazing. <laughs> well, thank you Pastor Amanda for taking the time to help us learn a little more about how to navigate an actual physical Bible. I look forward to sitting down with you another time on another topic.
0: As do I, and thank you all for joining us. We hope to hear from you sometime. You can email us at podcast at centralportland.org or visit us on Facebook. Thanks for joining us, and don't be afraid to sit down and crack that book open and see what you find. Have a fabulous day, and until we are in your ears again, remember, God loves
1: you, no matter what.